Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Heather Cox. So first, let me thank you, Heather, for joining us and sharing all about your company and your personal story, your experiences, and your thoughts. Mm, thank you. This is very fun. I'm excited. Yeah. So this is really funny how we first met because we're both <laughs> members of Women of the Vine and Spirits. But I knew your name. I didn't know you. I doubt you knew mine. But we ended up sitting next to each other for the pitch contest at the WeBank conference last year right, in Baltimore. Last year. Exactly. And of course, you went on stage right before me, and you killed it. And I was like, shit, how do I follow this woman? She's amazing. She's so polished. She's got such great ideas. I'm like, oh, I'm so nervous. I was already nervous. You knew how nervous I was. Well, we were both. We were like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. Oh, my God, I'm so nervous. I know. And how many women did we see go before us that, like, brought notes and then were reading the whole time or – tried to memorize something and got lost. And then we could see yeah. them like searching for their path mentally. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, that's when I decided, screw what I practiced. I'm just going to go off the cuff. Right. So did you practice your pitch? I'm curious. Yeah, no, I totally practiced my pitch. But when I practice it, like, I know that you can't memorize because if you memorize, yeah. your brain will go blank. So mm -hmm. I did practice and there were certain things that I knew I needed to get out. I mean, you only had, what did we have? Like 90 seconds. 90 seconds. So, but, so what I did is I practiced and when I messed up during my practice, I just kept going so that I, mm. so I was used to, I was accustomed to just keep going even mm. when you make a mistake because you will probably, I mean, like the, you know, the second round was like 750 people were there. So yeah. you're bound to get nervous. I mean, I've been performing my entire life and I still kind of get nervous when it comes to talking about when I, when it's so timed, like when I'm giving presentations, it's different, right? Because, because it's kind of, you have your own time frame. Yeah. but it was on their frame. And if you went over by like a second or even, you know, a half a yes. second, they cut, they knocked you out of the round. Yeah. So exactly. yeah. it's very different. I know I, I was, I think I told you this. I was like, you put me in a room full of people, total strangers, to talk about a topic. I'm fine. Right. You give me 90 seconds to talk about I myself. Breathe. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, I, I was shaking. I mean, I couldn't hardly stand. My heels were my enemy. And I, there was no way to feel comfortable doing that. It was totally outside of my comfort zone. I'm glad I did it. Um, but I was so proud of you because you moved on to the second round, which I was like, yeah, she's definitely got this. God, I'm following the second rounder and I'm thinking this in my head. <laughs> I'm literally my own, my, my own worst enemy. I was psyching myself out while you oh, were on no. stage and I was recording you. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. So funny. But, um, I would love for you to tell the audience uh, a little bit about you. And I think that what you do for a living is absolutely fascinating and completely vital. But also just, I want to learn about your path to this. That path, people always assume, like, I think it's really funny because people oftentimes assume that you had this, like, set path, right? So, 
So what do I do for a living? So I have two companies, yet they are very synergistic and they've kind of one bumps up to the next one. So Certify My Company is a 12-year-old <coughs> business. Oh, you okay? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. No, you're fine. It's My always bad. like the water gets you. You're not even allowed to cough anymore, by the it way. It was like, literally was, the water. I know. <laughs> I was like walking down the street one day, taking a walk, and I took a drink of water. And I started choking, and it was like death rays from all directions at me. I'm like, it was the water. I'm like pointing to the water. It was the water. <laughs> no, I totally get it. Um, so anyway, so Certify My Company, 12-year-old business. What do we do? Mm-hmm. Simply put, we work with business owners, women, minority, LGBT, veteran, dis- disabled or disadvantaged, and we get them certified as a diverse owned business so they can make more money, so that they can grow their business to the point that they can take the vacations they want. So they don't have to focus on every single piece of the business. So they can focus on the part of the business that gives them the most pleasure, that they get the most excitement out of. So for yeah. me, that happens to be the speaking part. That happens to be the business development part. So you know, <laughs> as I grow my company more and more, I'm able to offset that to my staff to my team members right Mm -hmm. but part of that is getting more business getting more revenue getting more cash flow getting more systems and so the certification that diversity certification is one avenue to get to all those goals now once somebody has that certification the next question is often well heather what do i do with it so that's where the other company diversity masterminds comes into play so diversity masterminds is just about two years old and it is a collaboration with myself and another woman business owner who's been in this space for also almost two decades and she and i came together and created an eight-part virtual series that teaches certified diverse business owners how to master their certification so they can grow their business oh my gosh that's incredibly useful Oh, yeah. I mean, so many people, like, it started because so many people would come back to me and say, you know, the, their number one complaint was, I've been certified for two years and I got nothing out of my certification. And I just couldn't understand how that could be because I'd seen it firsthand, the power mm-hmm. of the certification, the power of not mm-hmm. only just the business development mm-hmm. side, but the leadership development, the company development, the relationships, the resources, everything that comes along with the diversity certification. So when somebody says, I got nothing out of it. It was like dumbstruck to me. I couldn't understand it. And, but you know, it's like a gym membership, which is my favorite analogy. I use Mm -hmm. it all the time. If anyone's ever heard me speak, they've heard me say it, that people oftentimes will sign up for a gym membership. And then, you know, six months later, they're like, oh, it didn't do anything for me. Well, did you go to the gym? Yeah. Did you actually go? And even if they did go to the gym, we don't always know what we need to do. So that's when you need that personal trainer, right? So like my personal trainer, Mm -hmm. she tells me, what to eat. She tells me which, like, you know, how much cardio to do, how much weight to lift, what days do I work out? Because otherwise I kind of be going blind. Like, I'd be going blind through this maze and yeah. I wouldn't know which way to do it. So, you know, the, the personal trainer gives you that path. So you're not overwhelmed, right? Cause sometimes you walk into the gym and you're like, okay, I'm going to do that machine and that machine. And I'm going to do it the way that that person did it, but that person's not you. Yeah, of course. So you need to have a strategic path. So we, show companies we help them get to their own strategic path based on their company and their certification and their goals yeah oh girl you might have to help me (laughs) (laughs) 
Anytime. I think I could learn a thing or two. Um, because, yeah, I'm in that boat where I'm like, well, maybe it's that my service is so niche. Or, you know, maybe it's just I'm barking up the wrong trees or whatever. So I, I understand where your clients are coming from, for sure. And it's not that I'm not doing the research or checking out the opportunities. It's just that the companies that I'm working with already don't seem to care that we're a certified woman-owned business. It doesn't matter to them. It's not an initiative. And the companies that that are larger, where they're like, yeah, that would be amazing. We're already working with your competitors. And I'm like, oh, so you're working with white male-owned businesses. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. That makes you different. I'm glad you have a supplier diversity program. Right. I know know, sometimes people will say, like, my company, my clients don't care. Well, it could be the person you're, you're specifically talking to doesn't care or doesn't know. So a lot of times it's just an educational component yeah. to, well, I, I understand that you might not realize that, but you know, do you know that you guys have a fantastic supplier diversity program? You were voted top corp or you were voted this and they, a lot of times they're like, oh, wow. And yeah. that's when you can loop in that supplier diversity manager totally. to help you know, drive home the point. And so, you know, it has to be done in a tactful way. It has to be done in a way that nobody's toes get stepped on and nobody's feelings get hurt. Of course. But the, the companies that, you know, more companies do actually care than don't care. And even if like their company itself, I bet their clients care, especially if they're selling to these large organizations or to the government, yeah. they care. So it's got, you have to think about it, you know, and yeah, you talk from a about perspective. Yeah. From perspective. Exactly. Oh yeah. No, the example of the story I told, I actually went to the supplier diversity people that I met at WeBank was like, would love to have this conversation. They're like, yeah, we're already working with your competitors for now, like, but they're not women owned. So you let me know when, when, when we can have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, they could be. They could be to. a two-year. They could be exactly. like two months into a two-year contract. So now mm-hmm. is your opportunity to build exactly. that relationship, Christy, yeah. so that when it does yeah. come around, they want you there. Yeah. I guarantee you, they were like, "Dang it, why didn't we know about her six months ago?" Right? I know. I know. No, and that's the thing. You never know when there's an opportunity around the corner. You just keep knocking on the doors. You know, right. that's true for everything exactly. in life. Um. So, how did you? How did you decide to do this? I mean, what prompted your curiosity into the segment of helping minority and diversity-owned businesses? Well, I wish I could say it was some altruistic reason, but really it was out of necessity. So, you know, almost 12 years ago now, because I always do it by, you know, the age of my kids is how I time anything. (laughs) So uh, I was like pregnant with my first one. And she was saying, and you know, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do next. I was working for like a nonprofit, but it wasn't really my, my cup of tea. And, and I knew that corporate America wasn't always super mommy friendly. And I, you know, I just didn't know what, yeah. what I wanted to do when I grew up. Right. Even though I was married and now pregnant with my first child. Yeah. So I w- went to a bunch of networking events. I just spoke to a bunch of people, you know, exec- executives and corporations, um, managers and companies, entrepreneurs, just different people. And the entrepreneurs to me were just fascinating. They were so interesting and had so much passion. And I'm very mm-hmm. drawn to people with big personalities and a lot of drive and, and people who really want to do something, right. Who yeah. have a mission within themselves. And so, um, you know, I kept having these conversations and somewhere in those conversations, the entrepreneurs, especially the female ones would say, 
oh, and my client wants me to get the certification and I can't get it done. Now, these were companies who were, you know, some of them were a quarter million in business and some were 20 million in business. And Mm -hmm. to me, I'm like, how do you, how are you not able to do an application? Like you're clearly a smart person. You're driven. I don't understand it. You can't complete an application. So I went home and I did a little research and as you know, because you're also certified, is the application process is is very detail oriented. Mm-hmm. What a document is called in California is not what it's called in Texas is not what it's called in New Jersey. So when you're <clears> trying to figure this out and you're trying to remember where you put your corporate binder, um, whether it be digital or otherwise, you get very frustrated. It's frustrating, and your yeah. clients call in, and you have a million other things to do as a business owner. It takes and a so, long time, right? And your opportunity cost, like that, how much it costs you in your time. nine times out of 10 far exceeds what we charge for any certification because you have so much to do. That's why it's so important that, you know, when we start our businesses, we're so, we just want to do everything ourselves and it ends up slowing us down. If we would just outsource the pieces that are, that we're not experts in, like I'm on another board for something else and they are, and they're always asking me like, Oh, so Heather, when you do this in your business, I'm like, Oh, I don't do it. I outsource it. (laughs) Do you do anything? I'm like, I do. I do so much, but those things are not my core competencies. I'm not going to do them myself. So I was said to these entrepreneurs, I'm like, I can do it for you. And they're like, great. I had no idea, Christy, what I was getting myself into. Not at all. I but it started nothing. a company. It That's started amazing. a company. And now we really are known as the experts in the supplier diversity yeah. certification. Oh, you world. absolutely are. I mean, yeah. and I was in the same mindset where I'm one of those people where I like to do things myself because I want to teach myself how to do something so right. that my memory, when it comes time to do it again and again and again, whether it's you know a quarterly tax filing or my certification or whatever. I like to be able to tackle all of the things and just add things to my brain. It right. took 90 days. I mean, right. literally, I mean, it was just the amount of information I had to amass. And it was a long, long, not easy process. Right. And then, and it ends with someone physically coming to your office. And in my case, since we're all remote, coming to my house and verifying right. that I actually run a business. Correct. In the front office of my house you know so yeah it takes forever and and I honestly thought I was like Chrissy is this one of those things that you can outsource to an expert yeah absolutely and then I was like and then I so I kept thinking about it and I went back and forth on it a lot because I'd already heard about your company through women of the vine and spirits and that's how I found out about getting certified in the first place so I, and I, being a journalist in my background, I like to do research. So I know that that's one of those things that most people don't enjoy is just right. the digging and the time. That's what I love. And I was like, okay, so I have to, I have to think about this. <laughs> like, right. how do I do this? And once I right. got into it, I just was like, I, I, I tried to quit so many times. And then I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> prove something to yourself. This is crazy. I definitely see the value after doing it myself and not knowing you. I definitely see the value in what you bring to the table because, oh oh my God. And I tell people, colleagues of mine and friends that are women-owned businesses, I'm like, girl, I will will give you the name and number and email of this woman (laughs) that I know that will help you. Her comp- they do this. This is how they generate their revenue. Day in and oh day out. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. We, we need this collectively because 
when I explain how arduous and lengthy the process is to people, it often turns them off of doing it. Uh, absolutely. And their like, eyes glaze over. Yeah. They just don't yeah, want to do it. Exactly. And I'm like, no, don't say no. Just let me give you the information so that you can reach out to this woman and her company that will do it for you. And right. you can still get the value. And trust me, if this is intimidating, just what I've told you about my experience, you definitely need to hire this company. So, right. and you and, don't know that. I'm just talking to all these women in my network, uh, like right now with, you know, the gig economy. Yeah. Everybody's starting their own thing because jobs are going away. <laughs> really yeah, it's so interesting. Um, and that's even for like a single owner <clears throat> company, you know, where it gets even more complicated is when you have multiple owners and they're not all women, they're not all minorities, yeah. or they're not all LGBT because oftentimes it's one paragraph in those governing documents that renders somebody ineligible only technically it's called a technical rejection so yeah mm -hmm. no that's you know we save people all the time so much time and money in the long run because yes they they do it the wrong way the first time why waste that time and money why have to go back to your clients and say well i did apply but i got denied nobody wants to do that how do they how does one get denied because they just forget the paperwork because i remember just getting things notarized i think i ran to my local postnet no less than six or seven times to get different documents notarized oh yeah um, the number one reason people don't get certified or denied certification is because paperwork's inaccurate or incomplete yeah, yeah. and it's a lot of paperwork yeah the ladies listening <laughs> that are business owners it's a lot of paperwork hire heather and certify my company <laughs> take this from my experience it would have been a lot less stressful and i would have spent a lot less time if i just outsourced it and i think your fees are your fees are pretty reasonable i mean we think so we're definitely not the most expensive out there i mean there are definitely companies who say they do what we do we are the only ones who, this is our core competency. Other, anyone else who says they do what we do, it's kind of an add-on because, you know, especially law firms uh, who say they do what we do. It's just an add-on because they're not getting enough business in their core competency and they think they can do it. But we oftentimes mm -hmm. get the, the denials that they've caused those other companies. So, Well, I mean, you've been through the process for yourself. Oh, so there's multiple, I mean, we're multi-certified. So we're WeBank yeah. certified. So we're women-owned. Mm -hmm. But we're also disability certified. We have a disability-owned certification. And, you know, all, all the different demographics have certifications. It's not just women, right? It's women. Yeah. It's ethnic minorities. <clears throat> it's LGBT-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. It's um, veterans. Veteran. And it's also yeah. disability. And they yeah. all have, you know, they all have great, great business um, opportunities for all of those companies. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, this is just fascinating. I think this can help so many, so many people. And that's what I love about your company is that you're, you're founded in benefiting others. Um, yeah. yeah, no, our core values are all about that. I mean, you know, one of the, our core values is to support diverse businesses in any way that we can. Some of that is through purchasing from them, whether it be, you know, yeah. on our personal lives, purchasing from diverse owned businesses or for our company. Like right now, you know, we're, we're, you need to build a website and we're looking for a certified diverse website designer. There's no reason not to. They're yeah. so talented and they have such an amazing vision and, and it's often different because, and we really like working with companies who have been through the process because they understand. So, you know, yeah. part of our business is to directly sell to the diverse businesses. Other ones is to the corporations. Corporations mm -hmm. hire us directly to work with them on their supply chain. 
And so that's a different message. And so, you know, it's really important that somebody understands that world. We don't have to spend the time educating them on that world. Yeah. No, that makes sense. By the way, if you need a website design, do you happen to know the owner of a certified woman-owned marketing company? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, just saying, right. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Um, but that, it, it's just, there's so many avenues. I mean, we could probably talk for six hours and not cover them all, truly. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm excited because hopefully you get the opportunity to hear um from people that could really use you. And obviously, besides my referrals, not on the show, the, the personal referrals I give to women in my network that are starting their companies um, for you. But I'm curious, like if you weren't doing this and you said it was out of necessity, but if money wasn't a thing and you didn't have to work, like what would you do? That's a good question. Thank you. Um, so if all my children would eat and have a house over their head, even if I didn't work, yeah. what would I do with my life? Uh, you know, I probably would still do something to support communities. It may not necessarily be in the business world. I mean, I think, I'd like to think that I would be one of those moms who was like, who can I help? What committee can I lead? What, you know what I mean? Like, I would be a very active, I can't imagine. Would you be a like, Karen? Karen in a good way? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I mean, I'm hoping that I would be super involved and I would take off because yeah. like, one of my biggest pet peeves as a as a working mom is the moms who don't have to work and yet still don't get involved in the school, right? There, it's still the, yeah. it's so often it's still the moms who are are like doing working and they're running the PTA and they're running you know the bit whatever it is. Like, I would want to think that I would be one of those moms who's like, no, let me take it off your back. Let me help you with carpool. If I am in a position that I don't have to get up for a nine to five or, mm -hmm. you know, an eight to eight when you're a business owner, then, <laughs> then I would think that I would want to really want to do that. I mean, I love all the, you know, I, I performed for years and, you know, my oldest, I mean, now, I guess in the last few years, my passion was kind of switched a little bit because my oldest um, is, is on the spectrum. And so, you know, we've had to really fight for her. And so I think mm -hmm. that that would be where my time would often be spent, be hopefully advocating for other parents because it was like a full-time job. It's still, oh, still sure. figuring yeah. out all the services she needs, all the, like the therapy she needs, dealing with the state. Um, you know, there's a lot of perks to living in Nevada. Having a special needs child does not lend itself to any of those perks. So Really? Uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's definitely been a, an uphill battle. The entire, it continues to be. I mean, I really have I'm to sorry. be an advocate for her, for myself. And so I would think that I would be that parent who says, look, I've been through it. Let me, let me help you figure out how to navigate the system. Yeah. Let me show you where you can get the aid that you need. Let me show you, you know, how, to, who to talk to, um, to help, to help these parents, because especially when you have a girl who's on the spectrum, they're so often missed so often because they yeah. just, they mask the social parts of it much better than boys do. And so they're, they're labeled as dramatic. They're labeled as, you know, they don't have good discipline. They're labeled as um, just like loud for a girl. Yeah. Which All is not fair. No, it's not fair. And, it, and if she was a boy, they would have spotted it so much faster because it would have, would have manifested in a more traditional fashion, most likely. And so that type of thing, I, I would think that's what I would do with my time for a very long answer to your very short question is, 
no, I think that I would hopefully be an no advocate. There's no such thing as a long answer. It's yeah. a perfect <laughs> answer because everybody's experience is unique in their own. And that's what I love about that question is because like we all have different things that drive us or create passion in our lives. And it kind of gives you insight into the motivations behind the character of the human too. Um, because like I, I would love to just, spend more time volunteering for different things yeah. um but I would also like to just go live on a private island and have a place that I can just be completely quiet alone with only my brain because it's so busy and loud up in there oh I know <laughs> you know and that's like, I hear that right. that seems to be a more gender specific kind of situation where you're like yeah sometimes I need, just need to get out of my own head or just yes. listen to it but I can't do that in my normal environment. Um, but yeah, so mine is, you know, a little bit for me and a little bit for others, kind of a mix. But I love right. that because you're right. And I, I admire those those classroom moms that are just, in oh, it. my God, they do so many things. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, my God, you're such a better mom than me. <laughs> Well, one of my best friends from forever, like we were like, we cheered together in high school. Like we did some, we're been really good friends for forever. She is that mom. Like she's in the PTA and she's in the, you know, all the different, like she's the one who teaches the dance at the school and she helps because she can, she doesn't have to work. So she can, and she, and she's really good at it. And so, but yeah, that's exactly, it's amazing when people will actually donate their time. I mean, I see it the other way far too often also where they just, kind of sit back and don't do anything outside of their four walls. So, yeah, I would hope I would, I would be that other, the one that does give to others and be there for others. Yeah. No, what else are you going to do? Right. I mean, this is a woman that I work from home. Everybody in the company is remote. I still don't do as much as I think I could do. Um, because I, when I'm done giving to the company or giving to my foundation, I I give to myself (laughs) and that is, you know, whether it's binging on Netflix or just having a glass of wine at five o'clock in the evening while I'm cooking dinner, it doesn't matter. Like this is, this is what we need. I think I could do more, but luckily I have a stay at home husband who does a lot of the things. Oh, amazing. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, no, he's good. He's got, he volunteers at the school. He does the things. He brings in awesome. Oh my God. It's amazing, girl. Let me tell you, yeah. having a stay at home husband is like the gift to a working woman. It is the biggest yeah. gift. Oh, I'm sure. I said I need a wife. I'm like, I need a wife for myself because I am the wife. <laughs> That's why I need a wife for myself. Oh yeah. Just even like two weeks ago, I was talking to my husband and I was like, oh my God, B, I forgot to register Tomlin for kindergarten. And he's like, honey, I did that in April. Like, oh, I'm like, beautiful. oh my God. Right. Thank you. I'm so used to like working and doing all the house stuff. But now that he's retired, he right. takes all, care of all of that. I'm like, you have no idea. This is such a breath of fresh air. I'm like, yeah, I feel yeah, like I should sure. never get mad at you for anything ever again. But let's be realistic. <laughs> let's I'm be still, real. Yeah, right. I'm still going to get mad at you. Right. <laughs> You're still my roommate that leaves a mess on the floor. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but that was a that was a beautiful answer, and and maybe one day you'll have the opportunity to do it. I mean, I I would hope, right? right. Um, but I would I would love to know if 
in your experiences, and you said you worked in the nonprofit sector, which I find fascinating too, being a, a nonprofit founder myself, right. but I've never actually worked in it outside of starting my own foundation. I'm curious if through all of your career experiences and, and the path you've driven down, do you have any regrets, anything that you would go back and change if you had the opportunity or anything that you took away from the experience or the time period so much that you learned what to avoid in the future? I don't think I would go back and change anything. Like I'm not someone who sits there and like stews and regret because most of the time something positive did come out of it. Like for example, Mm -hmm. like, you know, when I went, so, you know, I met my husband in Israel when I was trying to find myself. Oh, and, wow. That's a yes, really but... long way to go find yourself. Were you, were you there when you arrived? I, did, I, went to, yes, I went to Israel and, you know, the plan was to find myself. And I always joke, like, I'm not sure if that ever happened, but I did find a husband. So, <laughs> and so, um, you know, like I sometimes will say like, well, maybe I should have just, you know, stayed in the U.S. and, and looked for another job. Right. But yeah. then I wouldn't have met my husband, even though we yeah. grew up like two hours from each other. But Oh, my gosh. How know, crazy. I know that funny, but it's just that, you know, and then I wouldn't have had my kids, you know, the whole thing. But so it's not necessarily that, um, it's regrets. I definitely know that I learned things about myself through different situations. So like, and I think that I'm a better employer for some of these situations. Like when I worked for the nonprofit I worked for, uh, and again, I have only worked for like a couple nonprofits. So I don't want to say that all nonprofits are not my forte. I found like, you know, this is also 10 years ago or nine years ago, whatever. But I found that most nonprofits are run by people who run nonprofits. And so once you've been into like the for-profit world, the mindset seems to be a little different. And so things are done a little bit differently. Like when you're trying to build something, like I'm looking, you know, when you're trying to build something, you want something that's going to take you as far as it can. But you know that there's a limit to that because the times change and technology changes and your needs changes and your offerings change and your mm-hmm. capacities change, you know, all the different pieces to running a business. And so, but in the, in the nonprofit, it seemed more like, let's just get done the cheapest we can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I did. I didn't love that mentality. I did. And that's not how I run my life either. Like we almost, we, we almost never choose the cheapest option. It's usually the person in the middle that we choose for whatever thing we need to yeah, buy because you go for quality we go because for quality i don't want to have that, to do it that's again the ROI. yeah exactly yes. that's and, yeah i yeah, we and, all learn the hard way not to go with the cheapest yeah way, exactly right? exactly yeah. and then um and i also i remember there was a couple times when i really needed to work from home whether i wasn't feeling well or whatever it was and and the person who ran that organization was like no we can't work from home what? so i yeah and so and i am like you know, I run a small business. I can't always pay them top of the line salary, but I am so big on giving lifestyle benefits. If yeah. you need to break up your day into two, four hour sections, you knock yourself out. If you're yeah. telling me you want to work four, 10 hour days, you knock whatever is going to work for your lifestyle yeah. will make your lifestyle. It's so like one of my employees, like sometimes he'll do four, 10 hour days, two days in a row. He'll have a four day weekend. Mm-hmm. Cause him and his fiance want to go away, you know, whatever. And that works for him. And I'm like, you know, and he's so good at his job that he like, he's like picked up, you know, now that we're like hiring again, he's picked up double duty and he is so on top of it. Like, why would I not reward that with lifestyle benefits? You know, right? like, so I think, so I think that 
Well, that's one of those huge ROI things too, as an employer. I do the same thing since we're all remote. I'm like, I don't, I don't care how much or how little you work. Get it done. done. You're getting paid the same way and you're getting a bonus on, you know, the, the stuff that you do that adds net value to the company. Exactly. But you don't have to do nine to five. I don't function nine to five. Right. And most people actually don't. I mean, this right. is why people wake up with brilliant ideas in the middle of the night. Your, 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 yourself is working 24 hours a day, regardless of the time points exactly. that are the conventional work cycle. So, you know, I'm just like, dude, I will, sometimes I'll be working at 4 a.m. And sometimes I'll be napping at 2 p.m. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Right. You Whatever get works. the job done. And then right. the rest of the time is yours. And as long as it's done, we don't have an issue. Exactly. But it really increases productivity. And it increases that, that, um, that culture that yes. is so critical where employees feel valued. Because you're like, yeah, you have a life. Your life yes. is not this company. This company may right. be my life, but it doesn't matter. Maybe my life yours. and one of my yeah. babies, right? But yeah. it's not yours. And even exactly. like, like when I do rewards, I do, you know, we do obviously cash bonuses, but I also, but sometimes I feel like when you do cash bonuses, people just spend it on bills and they don't get to appreciate it. So I also yeah. do a lot of gift certificates to local owned companies. So like, mm. like, so when, so the, the same employee, when, when he got like in one week, he got like three letters of people emailing me to tell me how often he was, which is like that's people, fantastic uh, right if people spend time to say like he's so good i'm like all right you and your fiance go out is a night on me go because i want her to love us too yeah I need of course her to be like you have to stay with this company mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so i think that's that's everything i learned just from some of my past um employment experiences working yeah. for other people that i felt like they didn't care about my life outside of yeah. how it in- affected their business Oh, I've been told I, that right to my face before. Yeah, I like that. Right. Like, I really don't care who's, right, whose name is on care. your paychecks. And I'm like, yeah, um, someone okay. else is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fine. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. Yeah. Right. Okay, T-Rex. Let's yeah. go with that. Let's, let's go. go right. Let's do this your way. Um, exactly. But yeah. And so, but as much as we learn from working with people that, don't respect the fact that their um, team members are individuals with lives and needs and stresses and concerns of their own. We learn so much more by those companies and bosses and leaders that we've all had where they genuinely put you above everything else as their teammate or employee. That is what I try to emulate. It sounds like that's exactly what you're doing too, because right. I mean, coming from my perspective as an employee, I know exactly how I want to be treated. Yeah. And so not making blanket assumptions, I'm going to treat others exactly the way they want to be treated. So I ask them, I'm like, what is more valuable to you? You tell me. Yeah. Because what do you want to learn out of this? What skills do you want to take away? You tell me what you want to do and we will build your job around that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, because what inspires you? Exactly. Exactly. That's the best way to find the talent that lies within Yeah. because a simple title or job description is never going to tell you how to untap the talent, you know? Right. Right. Or 
right. unbottle the talent. I don't know. Tap the talent, unkeg it, whatever. Get it out <laughs> of the package. Get the talent out of the package. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Um, I love this because I think uh, like our companies, even though we're completely different in what we do, we are so similar in, in our approach. I don't creating. think we're so alone though, Chrissy. I think that is the beauty of working for a woman-owned business. Now, I'm sure there's other diverse on business, but I think specifically women business owners get it, right? Yeah. Like I've had some of my women, my female employees, and they're like, uh, my kid is having a, a event in school. Can I go? I'm like, what do you mean can you go? Just tell me you're not working this one hour or these two hours, yeah, right? tell me whatever. I'm like, wait, can you go? Of course you can yeah. go. I hate when I'm gone on business trips that I can't be my kids. I mean, granted, oh, but not always super entertaining when I go to them. But my kids like it <laughs> yeah. there. So. It's important to them. It's important right. to like, you know, when they look them. in the crowd, they see their mom waving and yeah. smiling and blowing kisses and, and their yeah. dad too. It's important. Yeah. And that's right. what we got growing up. And that's what we have to do as parents. And yeah, it's, it's not fun. I mean, yeah. trust me, I see a lot of yetis in the evening at these things. <laughs> and we all know those yetis. Right. Those <laughs> coffee. Okay. They're painful. But yeah. oh my God, the look on your kid's face when they I sheepishly know. wave, even though they're not supposed to, is priceless. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. you know you're doing something right. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Yeah. But it's nice that they ask too. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, that's a sign of respect. Like, yeah, no, but I know, but I think that it just shows that I think women get it a little bit more yeah. than, than, I mean, I'm not to say that not all men, right. I'm not going to generalize, but I'm saying, I mean, I'm not going to say like all men are terrible bosses. I just no. happen to think that a lot of women business owners do offer those lifestyle benefits because yeah. they would want them themselves to your point. Like, you know, what makes you drive? Like if, if I'm constantly like, Oh, I can't go, I can't go to your school, sweetie. I'm so sorry. Then I'm now I'm resentful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, actually to your point, my best boss ever was a dude. He totally understood. Yeah. He was, he was, um, he was the more of the stay at home parent in his family, even though he was on the road, just like I was. He was the the um, the the leaning caregiver because his wife's job was so demanding and her travel was yeah. global, whereas his was just national. So he could easily just get back to the East Coast kind of thing. But he taught me more about how to treat people than anybody ever in my career. And it was because he genuinely cared. He yeah. knew my kids' names. He knew the important details about my life. He asked the questions. I introduced him to my husband, like, there was that familial connection that made all the difference in the world. And that's, that's, yeah, but typically it is women that understand a little bit more, but yeah, it's wonderful to call out those men that really just get it. They're just good humans. Yeah. Um, So I, this is, this is my rando question that I like to ask people because it comes kind of out of nowhere and it's hard to answer. Um, Awesome what would you want the listening audience to know about you aside from everything they've heard? What would I want the listening audience to know about me? That is a really interesting question. Yeah. It's weird. I get it. Yeah. I (laughs) think that what I I would want them to know, and this may have already come through. So I may be breaking one of your rules (laughs) is that my business to me is more than just business. It's really how I live my life. 
Now that all being said, I am a busy mom of five. And so to me, my number one priority in getting in, in my like day-to-day interactions is convenience. Right. Mm, so if yeah. I'm driving down, the, I'm not driving five miles out of my way to go somewhere. But if I'm driving <laughs> down the street and there is an AM, PM on one side and a shell on the other side, guess who's getting my money? Shell. Because they support diverse-owned businesses. They have a great mm. supplier diversity program. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm at a store, though, and I see a shampoo and it specifically says women-owned on it, you better believe I'm spending an extra dollar on that shampoo. I'm already yeah. at that store, right? Or if I'm online and I have to buy something online anyways, I'll look for the chocolates that are diverse owned. I'll mm-hmm. you know I mean? So it's more than just a business to me. It really, I truly 100% believe that when we support diverse owned businesses, we are creating communities that are more self-sustainable and stronger, both through education, through mm-hmm. healthcare, through everything else. So it's important Absolutely. to me to support those businesses and those diverse businesses hire from the communities. So exactly. you know, like it, it, it just creates this holistic approach to supporting so many different types of people with one purchase. So I think like, I mean, that may have come, come through in, in the way I talk about what I do and our, and our values within our company. But that to me, I think is, is really, really important. No, but that's a great answer. Yeah. You walk the talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't just say it, you do it. And that's the important thing. Um, And I love that one of the beautiful positives coming out of the current situation with George Floyd and what happened there and the protests and the speaking out and the voices that are coming that have been heard all along, but for some reason now all of a sudden we're hearing them more and more. And I I don't know why we weren't hearing them before as much. We should have. And it's just, it's one of those things where I really appreciate that now there are listings coming out of. Yes. I love that. Black owned businesses and minority owned businesses because pay attention. They're there. And they're operating just like everybody else is. And if you make a concerted effort, you help to erase all of these negatives that those communities face. Maybe not even erase. I mean, not erase it, but it will help move it forward. It will help erase it going forward. Yeah, Yeah, nothing's going to erase it. You know, it's never going to not exist. Um, I do. I didn't think mean it that, that one, way. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I, I also agree. I think one of the pauses that are coming out of, of you know, like the pandemic, every, the George Floyd, everything that's happening right now, this crazy year known as 2020, which should be like, someone needs to rename this thing to like the apocalyptic year, or whatever we want to call it. It's all oh kinds God. of crazy happening, like hail in the middle of the summer, whatever it is. But right. is that people are much more cognizant about voting with their dollars. Mm-hmm. more than they've ever been. And I've been saying it for years. Like if you want to show people what matters to you, this is how you'll purchase. So if yeah. you, if it's really important to you that we support local businesses, like when I go out for coffee again, as long as it's not like 20 miles out of my way, right. Cause mm-hmm. I'm extraordinarily yeah. busy. Like when I go down the street, I will stop at mothership coffee. It is a local woman owned coffee shop. I'm going to go there before Starbucks because yeah. yes, if I'm in, if I'm out and about and it's, you know, like um, coffee bean and Starbucks, Starbucks gets my dollars every single time. 
because they have a, a fantastic supplier diversity program. But mm. when I'm driving down the street, if I know I can support a local company, I, I'm going to do that. And I think that yeah. more and more people are consciously making those decisions and voting with their dollars. Absolutely. No, we have a we have a great coffee shop in our neighborhood that's literally on the way to Starbucks. Well, that's so very convenient. <laughs> right. And it's like locally owned. They don't have a drive through. So actually, it is a cost of convenience, right? You have to physically get out of your car, go in, order your coffee, and wait for it. Right. Um, I can't do it on my app. Right. But it's so totally worth it. I will give up those ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because when when our neighborhood got hit by Hurricane Harvey, the owner of that little coffee shop started giving water out to the neighborhood, clean water. Right. Right. It wasn't helping him. He wasn't able to sell anything. Right. Starbucks closed. He gave out free water. Exactly. I was like, okay, this is why we. And because these are the his things community that... is important to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's his yeah. life's life. Yeah. So you give back, right? Yeah. And that's what I love about these smaller businesses too, is that they are so in the community. Yeah. And they have the ability to turn on a dime and support and make decisions to support whether it's the kids little league team or disaster relief efforts, they can do everything immediately and they don't have to get permission from a corporate office really, really far away. And this is coming from a woman who makes her living in the chain world. I appreciate the ability to turn and make decisions quickly and the companies that empower their GMs, their franchisees to make those decisions. Yes. Because a lot of these franchisees for these big national companies, those are small business owners too. They're paying to have that global chain sign on the wall, but they are, that's their blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, well, thank you. This is awesome. So I want to know, um, if you can tell us how you want people to best reach you to learn about the two sides of your company so that they can get your support when getting certified and then get your support when learning how to use that certification properly. Right. Um, Right. I would love for you to give us this and I'm going to put everything in your bio too that you provide, but go ahead and tell us. Okay, so Certify My Company is certifymycompany.com. And that is the company that will get you certified in the right certification for your company. And Diversity Masterminds, plural, is just diversitymasterminds.com. And that company will show you how to leverage your certification. And either one is Heather at certifymycompany.com or Heather at diversitymasterminds.com. I answer to both. Awesome. Wonderful. I love it. Um, Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope that we were able to help a lot of people um, from having you on the show because I think that I'm going to put it out to my network, obviously, but I think it's just spectacular. And, um, And I hope to see you again soon. Yeah, for sure. Well, one day we'll all be a comp. I am. I'm very, I'm very thoughtful and hopeful that we will all be together again very soon. This, uh, the, the isolation can only go on for so long. People need people. So I'm excited that I'm 2021 is our year to reconvene. I know. 
I know 2020 is not, it's been a reset, but not in the way we all were expecting it nope. to be a reset. We're no, like, no. no, no, not the beginning of a decade, a reset no. to, you know, <laughs> wow, let's figure out how to be human again. Exactly. Exactly. Which that's a good thing, right? But doesn't... it can be if we do the mm. right things with it. Yes. Exactly. It's a, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again, Heather. And I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And I appreciate all that you do for the global community, women and diversity owned businesses alike. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, mixing up the mainstream. <laughs>